Welcome back, everybody, to Matt Goes to the Movies. You've seen the episode title. You've clicked on the link. So that means you're here because you want to hear about the movie Equilibrium, a movie starring Christian Bale that came out in 2002. A lot of Matrix-like performances in terms of the action, but one that follows a different story and has a really strong supporting cast, I feel, and some great camera work and choreography. This movie is a sleeper hit for me. It's one of my favorite Christian Bale movies and something that developed a cult-like following after it was released on home video and over the years because this movie did not do well in theaters at all. It only made about $5 million, but again, really developed a following once it was released on home video. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Before we get into the teaser trailer portion of this show, uh, where I talk about briefly my thoughts on the movie, you know, I'd like to just say if you're a first time listener, welcome. Hopefully this episode makes you want to check out some more. And if you're a returning listener to Matt Goes to the Movies, thank you as well. It's a lot of fun to do these. So, you know, one thing that I'd like to point out is if you enjoy this show, please go to Podchaser, leave a review. You can just search Matt Goes to the Movies. You can leave a review on the show in general or any individual episodes. It really helps a lot. There is a Facebook page, Instagram, email for the show. Those are all going to be in the show notes like normal, so you can interact and let me know what you think. It's much appreciated. I always enjoy uh, talking back and forth with some of the fans that listen to this show. So, again, thank you for listening today. Um, we'll get started. So, the teaser trailer for this show is a two-minute spoiler-free talk about this movie. So, with that being said, again, Equilibrium came out in 2002, stars Christian Bale, has William Fitchner, has Sean Bean, uh, you know, just a pretty diverse cast. Tay Diggs is in this. Um, Dominic Purcell, uh, people probably know him from the show Prison Break. He was also in um, Legends of Tomorrow, a you know, comic book show on the CW. So it's got an interesting cast with a premise that in the future, all motions, all emotions, sorry, have been outlawed. You are not allowed to feel. And if you feel you are sentenced to death, uh, that can be things like artwork, music, love. And it's been done before in movies, but I think this one takes it a step further and actually really because of the cast, makes you feel a deeper connection to why these things would be outlawed and why people would rebel against this. It has some really great choreography, and one of the things I really like about this movie is the fact that although there is some shaky cam, they really do a great job of pulling back so that you can see the action in this movie because there is some really great hand-to-hand -hand stuff with guns which I'll explain later because maybe that sounds weird hand-to-hand -hand combat with guns but the fighting style in this movie is fantastic it never looks too silly it never looks you know unbelievable it seems very practical that with training 
the action that takes place in this movie is possible. That's one of the things that I really like about it is you can tell there was a lot of work and choreography to make this seem this fighting style that's in this movie as believable as possible. So that's going to end the teaser trailer section here. And, and we're going to get into spoilers for our next segment, which is called from seat to screen. And that is what works about the movie. What doesn't work about this movie. And there's not a lot that doesn't work about this movie. Uh, one thing that doesn't work is the main villain. He has a surprising ending where he's not actually completely useless. Uh, Christian Bale's character in this movie, his name is John Preston, and he is part of the cleric, uh, which is the group of police officers, military, whatever you want to call them, that is in charge of hunting people down that show emotions and have feeling and basically putting them to execution. After he misses a dose of his medicine that cuts off all emotions, uh, Preston begins to join the resistance and fight against the cleric. And what's interesting is the actor, his name is Angus McFadden. Uh, his character is called DuPont in this movie. Uh, it turns out he's been the main villain all along. And usually when that happens, the main villain doesn't do a lot. He's pretty easily defeated. Not this time. He actually has fighting skills. He puts up a fight against uh, John Preston, Christian Bale's character, which I really liked. It was an interesting change of pace. But the problem in why I say that doesn't work is although they kind of like change the trope of the main villain not really being too formidable when he's face-to-face -face with a hero. He just doesn't have a screen presence. He's not intimidating. So some of that is lost on screen when you just look at this guy and go, ugh, he's just very average. Um, it kind of falls flat. Now, again, it was to see the ending and see him fight John Preston in this movie and the way that they fight is actually super cool. It's just his screen presence in this actor. It just doesn't do it for me. So it makes it a little less believable. One other thing that doesn't work for me is I wish they would have delved a little bit deeper. Um, Christian Bale in this movie, his character, John Preston is partners with actor Sean Bean. I'm sure a lot of people know him from game of Thrones. There's so many memes about this guy going around on the internet, but, um, Sean Bean in this movie is Christian Bale's partner. His character name is, uh, pardon me, Partridge. And he is discovered to have feelings and John Preston finds him and actually executes him so that he doesn't have to go before um, like the burn chambers or anything like that. Kind of shows him a little bit of mercy, which is a glimpse into him already feeling. I just wish that there was maybe a little bit more backstory to that, how they first were paired up when Sean Bean's character started to have feelings. I think that would have added a little bit more depth, but ultimately... It is really that moment is just a catalyst for the rest of the movie, and it propels it forward pretty nicely. I just wish there was a little bit more. 
Now, what works about this movie? Number one, the performance by Christian Bale. Even though he's supposed to be somebody who is not showing emotion character-wise, when he does in just the subtle little you know, facial expressions, body language, he plays this very, very well. The other thing that works, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, boy, the fight choreography in this, it's been called gunjitsu, um, gunfu. It is so entertaining and so interesting. And you can tell, just like I said, a lot of work went into this. What this style of fighting is, is they have trained these members of the cleric to anticipate where enemies would be, what the probability is of where their bullets that they're shooting go, and they have very specific targeted hand movements with guns. They use them in close instead of at long distances with a lot of hand movements, different angles. Um, if any listeners have ever played Devil May Cry and when you're using Dante and he does, you know, uh, each gun to the side, one gun behind the back and things like that, it's very reminiscent of that sort of gun style. It's super interesting. It's captured really well on screen. They show the training in it, why this would work, and it's believable. That's what I like. It doesn't seem like this is too far-fetched, how they've developed this fighting style. It works. It's entertaining. There's some absolutely awesome, awesome fight sequences in this movie. They are peppered throughout, so they never go on too long, but you get just enough. It, it never overstays its welcome, like, kind of the matrix reloaded where fight scenes go on for too long in that movie this one knows where to cut it knows when to introduce a fight scene it knows how to subtly switch it up so that each one feels unique there's um, different guns involved there's swords involved they did a really good job making each fight feel unique and different moves being used. And when you really stop and watch, there's so many subtle little things that happen. For instance, in the end, when Preston is fighting the, what they call father, um, the main villain in this movie, they actually, when they're in close and they're trying to shoot each other and they're going back and forth and blocking, you know, blocking hand movements so the gun can't shoot them, they actually switch guns back and forth because they're trying to get the upper hand. It's these little tiny movements and these things that when you really watch this action, there's so much subtlety and there's so much detail that it's just, it's amazing to watch. So in a movie like this, though, that is really, again, there's a good story here. There's an interesting story here. But what sells this movie is the action. And when you have action that the viewer can see and the viewer can actually dig into and when on rewatches, appreciate it even more because you see these subtle little things that happen between hand movements and bullets and, you know, swords being used. It makes it all that much more interesting. It drives you further into the viewing process. And this movie, I mean, honestly, from my opinion, this is, especially for 2002, this has some of the best action fighting sequences I've seen. I love them. I'm anytime I rewatch this movie because it is something that I will occasionally just throw back on. I'm always just 
captured by the fight scenes. They're so interesting to me that they never get old anytime I've seen them, and I've watched them a bunch of times. So um, I really, really enjoy it, and that's absolutely one of the home runs of this movie. Now, the other thing that works, again, just to kind of piggyback on what I said earlier, the story works. We've seen it before. It's driven, though, by the performances of the actors. It is believable. Uh, I've heard some people draw parallels to kind of how they feel the world is now. But in order to stop wars, the government has decided that people are no longer going to feel emotions. Uh, there's a pill that helps just eliminate them. And everybody is just docile and the world works. There's no crime, you know, things like that. But there's a group that, you know, obviously does not want to be a part of this society. They are considered outlaws. They are hunted for having, you know, artwork, music, love, things. Even side characters in this movie, there's just great little performances when a group is captured and they're going to be executed. There's just... They do a really great job of showing emotion, and even though they don't have a lot of screen time, you feel for these characters. You actually have emotion towards the fact that they are being hunted and executed, where sometimes it's just really in a movie. I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. But it's just a means to the it's a means to an end in the fact that like it just propels the movie but you find yourself not looking back and caring frame by frame what happens. That's not the case with this movie. You do have a care for when Sean Bean's character is executed by his partner. You do have a care when you start to find out that John Preston's wife was taken by the cleric because she was feeling and that he has two kids and what's going on because the son seems to start to notice that John is starting to get emotions and maybe he would turn him in. It just all ties together to keep you invested throughout the movie. There's really never a point here where my interest wanes, dips, because every character has a purpose. Everybody actually feels like they're part of this and they're not just there is an extra. It's very well done. Uh, I applaud this movie for actually making everybody that's on screen feel relevant where sometimes they can just be overlooked. So that's another thing that really, really works about this movie. And one of the reasons why I like it so much is because, again, it makes you feel like everybody in this movie should be here. To me, nobody feels like an extra. They truly feel part of the story to get from the beginning to the end, which is a very, very good job. So that's going to end from seat to screen. And what we'll do now is we'll get into from the lobby. Now from the lobby is my favorite scene, my least favorite scene. And usually it's a franchise appeal where this movie ranks in the franchise and the ranking. Obviously, well, not obviously, but uh, Equilibrium is not part of a franchise. Uh, but what I'm going to do for that is I'm going to rank this movie, but I'm also going to give a little overview of where this ranks for Christian Bale movies for me. Uh, since he is in tons of movies, he's a, you know, a, 
a star. So first and foremost, my least favorite scene in this movie. It would be the official ending. There's a great fight scene at the end. Again, it's it's watered down a little bit because of the screen presence of the main villain. The action and the choreography is great. It is a little bit... It loses a little bit of steam just because of the main villain in this movie. But also, it's kind of abrupt when it ends. Not the fight, but just the ending of the movie. I think this is one spot where they really could have maybe used... Not even a lot. Maybe another two to three minutes just to button this up a little bit and make it feel like it was truly book-ended. Um, does it ruin the movie? No, not at all. It is still a very fun movie. I just, again, the ending leaves a little bit to be desired. A two to three minute longer runtime could have really helped that in my eyes. But favorite scene... Very hard to pick. Uh, one of them is really part of the opening of the movie when they infiltrate a hideout of these outlaws that have feelings. And again, just in the context of the movie, Christian Bale's character, John, is tasked with going in and he just he runs into this room and it's where we first get a real look at the fight style of this movie and he bursts into this room. There's like 12 of the outlaws in there. The room is dark. They start shooting. And then you just start seeing Christian Bale with his two guns, just different directions, different angles for the guns, turning his body, not getting hit by bullets, and just wiping this room clean. Now, again, in the context of the movie, I know people are getting shot and being killed. In the context of the movie, though, this scene is amazing because of the choreography and the angles of the gun position so that he can hit these you know these outlaws and that they can't hit him it's the first really look into what the action is going to be that scene is fantastic there is a training scene where john is training and his new partner who's played by tay diggs comes in and starts to plant a seed that he knows that John might be starting to feel and not be on the up and up with the cleric. That fight scene and that training is really good. The ending, well, it's still all part of the ending, but there is a part in the movie where John has wiped, you know, they think he has wiped out the resistance so that he can get a meeting with Father. Um, usually that never, never happens. You cannot see Father, but they're offering John a chance to see him because he has wiped out the resistance and he deserves this honor. So come to find out, though, they know John is compromised and it's a trap for him. And when he is hooked up to basically a lie detector machine and he finds out that he's made... He just goes off. He mows through these clerics, guns, swords, hand-to-hand -hand combat. It is, again, it's the choreography and the way that the action is filmed because you can see what's going on. It's an amazing scene. It's so well done. It 
again, and it doesn't overstay its welcome because every single thing that happens, each time he goes to a different room and he's going through these these cleric members, the fight feels different. It is not the same moves. It's not the same camera angles. Everything feels unique and fresh, even though this fight scene goes on for like five minutes. Every single aspect of it feels like a different a different level, so to speak. So they do that extremely well. Those are some of my favorite scenes from this movie. There's a lot. It's just a very, very good movie. And if you have not watched Equilibrium, I honestly strongly recommend this movie. It's a great performance by Christian Bale. It's a great performance by some of the other cast that's in here, as I've mentioned. And really a sleeper hit for me. So instead of franchise appeal... Uh, here at Matt Goes to the Movies, I ranked this on a reel system, and I would give this movie four and a half reels out of five. Again, sleeper hit for me, love this movie, and instead of franchise appeal, I'm just going to talk a little bit about where this ranks for me in terms of Christian Bale. Now, I am a huge fan of Christian Bale. I have seen pretty much really every one of his movies, and... This ranks up there top five for me for Christian Bale. Obviously, he's well known for the Dark Knight trilogy. He was, you know, in American Psycho, which a favorite of mine. I thought that movie was fantastic. We've seen him in The Fighter. We have seen him in The Machinist. We have seen him in Reign of Fire. He has been in so many movies and had so many great performances. Uh, he's going to be coming up in the Thor um, Love and Thunder, which cannot wait for. He's Ford. He's been in Ford vs. Ferrari, American Hustle, The Prestige. Just so many movies that are really well done. Terminator Salvation... Uh, shout out to Harrison, uh, who runs the Basement Binge, and I'll plug his show a little bit, but he's the voice, he plays a voice role in Howl's Moving Castle, which the Basement Binge did a review on. 310 to Yuma, which is also one of my top five Christian Bale movies, but he's just fantastic. I love him. Uh, if I had to rank his movies, I would say American Psycho. Batman Begins, The Fighter, Equilibrium, and 310 to Yuma, for me, would be the top five performances for him. I'd be interested to see if anybody else has a different opinion. You know, what would your top five movies be for Christian Bale? You can leave that in the comments. And I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to hear about that because he's one of my favorites. So, with that being said, that's going to close up this episode. I would like to take a quick second, though, before we sign off. I just mentioned him. Um, Harrison from The Basement Binge. You, If you listen to this show, you know Harrison from episodes like Prometheus. We did A Quiet Place 2 together, and he is a regular guest for, well, I should say for those episodes, he is a co-host along with Rob for the Disney Plus shows. We have done WandaVision. We have done The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we are now covering Loki. So his show, The Basement Binge, was the inspiration for Matt Goes to the Movies. 
So if you haven't checked out The Basement Binge based on previous episodes that you've listened to, that show will be in the notes for this. I highly recommend you check it out. It's a great show. And one that I've been doing Fast and the Furious with, which has been a lot of fun. We are all the way up to Fast 9, which we'll be doing very, very soon. And that's been a ton of fun. So if you haven't, check out The Basement Binge. Subscribe to his show. Don't forget to hit subscribe to this show to get caught up on previous episodes and be alerted when new episodes are released. Thank you so much for listening today. Until next time.